What's cracking, big dogs? Welcome back to the HQ. Welcome back to the channel. It is Friday, so you know what that means. It's 2019 Fantasy Football Mock Draft time. And listen, this is the uh, the last mock draft of the entire summer. If you've been joining me every Friday for these, I love you and thank you for the support. This has been an incredible summer, but this is the last time I will be drafting on draft. They've been a wonderful partner for the channel. I want to thank them, and I'm, I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm upset. I'm upset that this is coming to an end. If you are about to practice for your fantasy football draft, if it's happening over the Labor Day weekend, which most of the drafts are, I would suggest you getting on draft.com ASAP or downloading the draft app on your phone. Very aesthetic, very beautiful. Just type in draft in the app store. This is the best place to practice for your draft. Draft.com, download it. When you enter, or when you download it, make sure that you enter the promo code BDGE when you sign up, and you will get $3 to draft with. Since everyone is putting at least a dollar into these drafts, you win money, obviously. It's not just a free mock draft. Um, everyone takes it seriously. So you will get a very, very realistic draft of what your 2019 fantasy football draft will go like. This is the perfect sequence of events, because I am the 105. This is a 12-team draft. They randomized it. I am pick 105, and I'm about to go off on David Johnson and how you should absolutely not be taking him in the top five. We'll wait till it gets to my pick. I hope someone else takes him so that I can make fun of them. Wow, his name's Large Dick Nick. That's really mature. I invite my friends into these drafts. Anyone who adds me on draft.com, once you sign up, you can go to your profile. You can add people, and my username is right here, Nick Ercolano, and I'll invite you to drafts throughout the weekend if you do sign up and use my promo code. Do it. Make my fucking day, Large Dick Nick. In other terrible news, I've limited my monster intake to only during the AM hours. Ooh. So we went Devonta Adams at 104. We're going to fade David Johnson at 105. And you're going to ask me why. How can you fade a fucking stud running back in an offense that's going to run 300 plays a game? They're going to run 300 plays a game. This is going to be the best offense we've ever seen. Look, people are finally fading David Johnson. I've been saying don't draft David Johnson top five. And here's why. If you haven't watched any of the preseason, that's perfectly fine because that's what I'm here to do. I'm here to tell y'all what's been going on throughout the preseason. And here's what we've seen. We've seen this Cardinals offense look terrible. And plenty of teams look terrible throughout the preseason. And I'm not worried about it. However, when you're a new team with a completely new offense, these things matter because they are trying to run their offense in these preseason games. And what we're seeing is exactly what we were worried about. The penetration on the offensive line, which they did a horrendous job of upgrading, is very, very prevalent. They are getting pushed back on every single play, putting pressure on Kyler Murray. David Johnson is getting hit in the backfield on every single play. He hasn't yet to line up in the slot on a single play, and I'm sure they'll do a little bit more of that in the in-season, but it does not look good. And Kyler, Marley, Kyler Murray, being a rookie... Um, He's doing rookie things. He is scrambling immediately. He is on the run on almost every throw. He's overthrowing his receivers. This entire Arizona offense, they are running the plays. The, the scheme that they're running in the preseason has been the air raid offense. They are running plenty of the plays and plenty of the scheme that they are going to be running in the regular season, guys. So they're not running a fake offense here. And David Johnson, as great as the running back as he is, I understand the talent. I understand what he was a couple years ago. He is getting smacked in the backfield on every play. They don't have an offensive line. They just traded one to the Patriots, which 
I don't know what kind of fucking business they think they have trading an offensive lineman when what they're going on through right now is what it looks like. And they trade it to the Patriots. Uh, Bill Belichick had a funny quote. He said, some teams are so far behind that they actually think they're in the lead. This is the Cardinals. And the Cardinals might be the worst team in the NFL again this year. So please fade David Johnson at 105. He's like number seven or eight in my rankings right now, um, which you can get at BigDogsDraftGuide.com which is my entire season-long prep for y'all, which is on sale right now. It's going to be on sale through the end of August. So if you're waiting for a discount, now is the time to grab it. Or you could subscribe to me on Patreon and get my live streams during the season. Let's talk about some other news. Um, So, you know, it's nice to start with a running back early on. Unfortunately, it's hard to do that unless you have a pick that is early in the first round, right? So you can get a C-Mac or a Saquon or a Kamara. That gives you a little bit of leeway throughout the other rounds. However, I just don't see a lot of um, value here when you're at the back end of the second round outside of... Mike Evans is like my target, anywhere from the 206 all the way to like the 211. I'm hoping that he falls to me there. Um, So I love the stack of Mike Evans and DeAndre Hopkins right there. I think both of them have a very good chance to lead the NFL in targets. We have Deshaun Jackson, obviously, out of Tampa Bay. We have Adam Humphreys out of Tampa Bay. We have a horrible defense who's going to force them to throw the ball 600 times. So I absolutely love Mike Evans to kind of go back to that 170 target range that he was before DJX ever came. Let's talk about Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, I'm kind of confused as to why Ezekiel Elliott is still a borderline first round, second round pick and Melvin Gordon's going, you know, in the sixth, seventh round of drafts now. There was an update on Sleeper. Um, Jerry Jones's comments from Wednesday suggest that the Cowboys are bracing for a six week regular season holdout by Ezekiel Elliott. I have no fucking idea what that means. I'm not going to read too much into it because one, why would a, what does a six-week holdout do for Zeke that a zero-week holdout or a 16-week holdout would do for him? I don't understand it. They've also said all summer that they're optimistic they're going to get something done by week one. I'm not siding with that. I'm not expecting them to get something done by week one. You just have to be realistic about the situation. And just because he says that does not mean that's what's going to happen. However, Tony Pollard needs to get drafted in every single draft. If you were happy about drafting James Conner last year, Tony Pollard is this year's James Conner. And I will get to that in a little bit after my pick. So, man, the whole back half of the second round, early third round for running backs is just brutal because Aaron Jones is off the board who I love. Karrion Johnson is off the board who I like. So you know what? We're going to say fuck it and we're going to fade running backs right now. Um, And I'm going to go with Keenan Allen. I'm getting higher and higher on Allen because I think... One, you know, I, we don't fall victim to Twitter clips, but God damn, Keenan Allen looks so good every time he sh- pops up on my Twitter timeline. With Melvin Gordon out, I expect them to go more pass-heavy this year, and obviously that's going to benefit Keenan Allen, that's going to benefit Hunter Henry, it's not going to benefit Mike Williams just because I don't like Mike Williams, so we're going to be we're gonna be very subjective here. I, I, I don't think I've taken Mike Williams in a single draft, to be honest, but I like Keenan Allen a lot. Um, it, it was between Keenan Allen and Adam Thielen for me there. Uh, I love the chemistry that we've seen from Adam Thielen throughout the preseason so far with Kirk Cousins. It looks like he's looking at him on almost every pass throw. And I think we're going to see a lot of that throughout the year. Mark Cooper is dealing with this plantar fasciitis. And we had Dr. Morse on the channel a week or two ago. So if you've missed any of those on like injury updates, I would definitely go check those out and watch those on my channel. Um, and if you're new to the channel, welcome. Again, my name is Nicholas. This is Big Dog's Gotta Eat Fantasy Football. Subscribe to the channel if you're new. We're going to be covering everything 2019 fantasy football throughout the entirety of the season. We're going to help you bring home Zach Chip. And while you're down there, hit that thumbs up button. That would be greatly appreciated. 
So Chris Godwin, David Montgomery, finally into the third round. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going to fade them that early. I do like both guys, but not at the spots they're going at. So Mark Cooper's dealing with the injury. The plantar fasciitis is an extremely painful injury that will probably linger throughout the year. I like Diggs. I just don't see him having that much of a ceiling because I think Thielen is his go-to guy, and I think this is going to be more run-heavy offense. Montgomery, he's still in a in a committee as far as I'm concerned. I know the preseason hype of him making a guy like fucking miss on a tackle makes him shoot up two rounds. Godwin, I mean, his career high is 700 receiving yards, so I'm not saying you're drafting him at his ceiling, but everyone that's going around him, Chris Godwin's season high in receiving yards is what, 750? Brandon Cooks has been at 1,100 total yards for fucking five straight seasons. So that doesn't make sense to me because we've already seen him do it five fucking times. There's no reason he's not going to do it again. Y'all know my feelings on Josh Jacobs. Not a fan of the guy. Um, Derrick Henry, I'm not going to draft him in the third round because I still think he's at a re-injury risk with the calf strain. I love Robert Woods. I love any of the LA... Well, I love Cooks and Robert Woods. Let's talk about T.Y. Hilton and this Andrew Luck, Marlon Max situation. So, Andrew Luck retires out of nowhere. We're actually... This Saturday was the Big Dogs NYC draft weekend, and uh, we're working on the vlog right now, so that will be up by Monday. Hey, let's go. Sony Michelle fell to me here. Love that. So, I don't have a running back yet. Um, 408, I'll be honest with you, in a 12-team league, I would be looking at Patrick Mahomes here. Had I maybe diversified and I got like a stud running back one, two wide receivers, I would think about uh, Patrick Mahomes if I had Travis Kelsey or Tyree Kill to stack it. But we're going to go with Sony Michelle right now. Sony Michelle has looked very, very good this preseason. And uh, it, it is by far and away his job to lose. He has looked really good. They're going to run the ball into the ground. And Sony Michelle has league leading rushing touchdown upside. So. We know Dr. Morse also said that the injury concern for Sonny Michelle on his knee is not that serious. He had a knee scope maybe two months ago. Back end of the fourth round, I think Sonny Michelle early fifth round is a very, very, very good value, especially if you faded running back. I mean, you didn't even have to fade a running back. I just think he's a great pick here because he's probably going to score 10 to 12 rushing touchdowns. He is the big running back guy. Burkhead's not really going to have a role. James White will have his pass catching role, but they're talking about getting Sony Michelle more involved in the passing game. I just think overall this offense is going to be a lot more run heavy than people expect. They have their other first round pick, Isaiah Wynn, coming back from the injury, um, who was actually picked prior to Sony Michelle last year in the first round. A lot of people forget. People don't forget. Um, so, anyways. Anyways, anyways, anyways. So if we're at, you know what's funny? Um, you know, again, I cover this for so long throughout the offseason that I see all of the trends. And one of the biggest trends was where there was so much value at running backs in like the third round, second, third round. And all the wide receiver value was from rounds four to seven. It's almost switched because now I feel way more comfortable drafting guys like Chris Carson, Sony Michelle, Miles Sanders, um, Tevin Coleman here. And you guys, and Austin Eckler now with Melvin Gordon probably missing some time. So you guys, I, I've been obviously very vocal about uh, Matt Breida. Matt Breida is still, to this day, I've been saying it for months now, the best single value in um, in fantasy drafts at the running back position. That doesn't mean I'm selling on Coleman, though. I think both running backs are going to be super involved. When it comes to San Fran... When it comes to Kyle Shanahan, his running back situations, no matter how good the team is, no matter how bad the team is, the running backs for fantasy always produce. And right now, for like the seventh time already this offseason, 
Jarek McKinnon had another setback. We keep saying that. He, there's no point in drafting him. He is still hurt, and he's not going to be ready magically in one week. It is a Temin Coleman. It is a Matt Breida show. They're going to catch a lot of passes there and be very productive, regardless of whether or not the team is doing well. Both guys have looked good. I will invest on both guys. I don't care if it's a season long. I'll grab both guys. I probably, in best ball, since this is best ball, for those of y'all um, that are unaware of what draft.com is, you don't pick kickers. You don't pick defense. This is half PPR. It starts the best player at each position each week. Or it's one quarterback. You can see the starting lineup here. One quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, and a tight end. So you're drafting a large roster. This is 18 rounds. Again, no kickers, no defense. Um, so that being said, with best ball, right, it'll start the three best wide receivers that week, two best running backs. I tend to stick away from handcuffing because that caps your upside. Uh, I, I stick... Uh, I. I st- shy away from drafting players on the same running backs on the same team at least stacking wise you want to stack quarterbacks with tight ends quarterbacks with their wide receiver one or the wide receiver two I'm always in for that and I'm hoping that oh Duke Johnson I forgot about him because his ADP so far down I'm hoping Austin Eckler falls to me since I went running backs late I'm gonna need to pad them a little bit more I'm hoping Eckler falls to me here I would be fine with one of the top court oh I gotta wait till pick 608 definitely not getting him um, Eckler, I'd be cool here. I think Philip Lindsay's kind of becoming a value in a late sixth round just because how good he is as a talent. I can't believe AJ Green is still 65th overall. Um, one of the other trends I see, too, is that the fifth round's a little murky, even though we're getting that, you know, Duke Johnson and Austin Eckler are two more really good mid round picks that I think will produce for you for a long time throughout the season. But the tight end position. I think it needs to be a fade in the early rounds. I get a lot of questions about Travis Kelsey in the first or second, George Kittle, Zach Ertz in the, in the second, third. The way the drafts are set up this year, the value of tight ends seems to be at its peak in rounds five to six. Oh, man, all my best players are take, are getting taken. I hope Aaron Rodgers falls to me here so that I could stack him with MVS, who I fucking love. And Aaron Rodgers gets sniped. Beautiful. So I'm gonna be sitting on my ass like in like a schmuck now, not knowing who I want. Uh, I like Jared Cook. I might just man. There's not a lot of good tight ends that I like here. Uh, I, I think six eight is too early for Jared Cook when there are you know Curtis Samuel's and some other good players on the board still. Let's see. Will Jared Cook fall to me there? Now, normally, if I'm on my phone, but I'm talking to you guys on the computer, obviously, I would check and see if the teams in between me already have tight ends. Are they likely to draft another tight end? I don't know. What I'm actually going to do is something that I don't think I've ever done, or at least this year. I'm going to draft James White, and I have Sony Michelle. Now, I talked about not stacking running backs on the same team, but these guys are obviously... They don't eat into each other's role. Like, James White will never be the 10 rushing touchdown guy. Sony Michelle will never be the 60 reception guy. So as far as I'm concerned... We're going to see a lot of James White in the slot. We're going to see a lot of screen passes his way. I, I think they're very two different players that I, I don't mind drafting together. Both of them will have their very big weeks. And I'm only starting two running backs each week. So um, there's a good chance that, you know, they split weeks in which both of them are top 10, right? Like James White's a top 12 running back this week, but then he's running back 42 the next week. But that means Sonny Michelle will probably be running back, you know, 13 or something. So I think they're an interesting duo when we talk about stacking running backs here. Um, again, though, this is a, probably where I'm looking at tight ends in the fifth, sixth, seventh round, whoever you can get out of that group of O.J. Howard, Hunter Henry, Evan Ingram. I like Jared Cook a lot, too. I'm kind of gaining steam on him a little bit. 
because um, we haven't had a lot of hype this preseason, but he's the third option in that passing game. You have old-ass Ted Ginn. You have Traquan, who can't make an impact on the damn team. So it's really Michael Thomas, who's going to see 150 targets. You're going to have Alvin Kamara probably see about 100 targets. Derek Cook's going to be the red zone guy. As far as I'm concerned, I mean, we look all the way back to when Jimmy Graham was there. Fuck you, Josh. Man, I just keep getting sniped. But point remains. Um, Jared Cook's going to get a lot of looks down there. I'm hoping MVS falls to me here as my wide receiver four. I love MVS. He's another guy who's benefiting from not getting a lot of hype this preseason. And uh, one guy I cannot recommend following enough is a guy, Dwayne McFarlane. And he went on the Draft Sharks podcast the other day. Let me see if I can even find him. Context Matters, I think is his name. All right, so MVS is here. Beautiful. Uh, I don't see a lot of difference between the tiers here for quarterbacks, so I could probably wait on a quarterback. Um, let me see if I have anyone I could stack. So we have Jameis. We have Phillip Rivers, and Deshaun Watson's already gone, so uh, not a great stacking situation. We're going to go with MVS here. MBS is the wide receiver too. He's been running as a wide receiver too. And in Matt LaFleur's offense, they are running a lot so far this preseason. And it's not been talked about enough. And this guy talked about it a lot on the podcast that I was referring to on the Draft Sharks podcast. Um, he does a great job covering preseason and talking about personnel usage and stuff. And he's talked about how Matt LaFleur, right? Everyone gets excited about Matt LaFleur because he's from the McVeigh tree. He's from the, the Shanahan tree. However... We're seeing a lot of early Shanahan tendencies in this offense. We're seeing a lot of two wide receiver sets in the preseason. Marquez Valdez-Scantling is the second wide receiver. It's not Geronimo Allison. Geronimo Allison will be in there when they run three wideouts, and he's in the slot. But for the most part, Marquez Valdez-Scantling is probably going to see an upgrade of 20% of the snaps just playing with Aaron Rodgers. Um, and most of these plays, Marquez Valdez-Scantling is going to be designed to be the second read option right away. It's going to be Devontae Adams, obviously, and then Marquez Valdez-Scantling. That's the way these these schemes work. On top of that, you have Jimmy Graham, who's you know going to be a checkdown guy for Rodgers, but I don't think he's looking to settle for those kind of checkdowns. And then their second tight end, I forget who it was, is, is pretty much purely a, a blocking tight end. So he's out of the receiving corps. So as far as I'm concerned, when they're running those two tight end sets, I, th- I believe it's called 12 personnel, MVS is going to be almost the second and only read if Devontae Adams is not open. So I expect Marquez Valdez-Scantling to far outproduce his, you know, wide receiver 30, seventh round ADP. Um, wouldn't shock me to see him crack 900, 1,000 yards and, and, and around eight touchdowns. And that's incredible value as your wide receiver three or four or flex play. So MBS, I, he's a must-draft player for me. Talk about him a lot. Excuse me. Excuse me. So what else have we seen this preseason? Um, the preseason has been has been very interesting thus far. There's a lot of takeaways, and I know, again, we don't look at stats, we don't look at scores or anything, but you always have to look at the preseason usage, like scheme and personnel, like I just talked about MVS. Those things, the, the very common fans don't take away from the games, but if you watch, that's how you learn these things, and that's how you learn who to avoid, who to draft, who you're supposed to be targeting, and what rounds and things like that. That's why y'all come to me. If you need to practice, if you want to get on draft.com, do that. Download the draft app. Use promo code BDGE, deposit 10 bucks, and you'll be able to rattle off 10 fast drafts and understand exactly who to be targeting where. You could add me at Nicker Colano. This is my username right there. So use promo code BDGE when you sign up. 
Jalen Samuels is an interesting talk because listen, guys, I have to, I pivot off players all the time, right? I told y'all I love Jalen Samuels in the beginning of the season. I loved Rashad Penny in the beginning of the season, but in order to be a good fantasy player, you have to be objective and you have to be able to pivot off your takes and not you know not get what the Podfather calls take lock. For Jalen Samuels, we're seeing James Conner absolutely dominate first team snaps. He has played on almost thirty of thirty four first team snaps. And um, and that is not good for Jalen Samuels. You know, they talked up. I'm going to grab a quarterback here. I don't have any Cleveland. I don't want Cam Newton with a foot hurt. I'm, I'm going to grab... I'm going to grab Baker Mayfield over Carson Wentz. I don't have a lot of Baker shares because he usually goes in like the sixth or seventh round because people are crazy. Um, Wentz, what scares me is Deshaun Jackson just apparently broke one of his fingers. Now, there are conflicting reports. I heard a report that he's day-to-day and he's going to be back at practice. There's no doubt for his week one status. Then I saw a report from, I think it was Josina Anderson of ESPN, that this is a three- to four-week injury, apparently. Um, And that could linger throughout the season. And with a guy like Deshaun Jackson, one, he makes every quarterback better. this, This Eagles offense is, I know he's just one piece with a lot of weapons, but this Eagles offense becomes far less dynamic and far less field stretching if Deshaun Jackson is hurt, not on the field, or at less than 100%. And from Deshaun Jackson's point of view, Deshaun Jackson is not going to be a high-volume guy. He's not going to end the year with 130 targets. He might get four or five a game. Those are going to be valuable deep targets, of course. But if that finger interjects and fucks up even one of those deep ball targets and he drops it instead of catching it, that's going to kill his value, right? That's the difference between 40 yards and a touchdown, maybe, on a week-over-week basis. So I'm not completely fading Deshaun Jackson until we really know more about the injury because it's not like a calf strain or a hamstring strain or anything like that. But it's something to be weary about. And that, like, for instance, is the tiebreaker between going with Carson Wentz or Baker Mayfield. And that kind of scares me a little bit. Great snipe on Tony Pollard. Like I said, if Zeke is out, Tony Pollard has run 100% of the snaps with Dak Prescott on the field. He needs to be your target in ninth round of fantasy drafts everywhere. Like you need to be, and if you're if you want to pull the trigger on Tony Pollard in the eighth, I'm way okay with that. Um, I'm gonna go with Royce Freeman here. I totally like timed out, wasn't paying attention. That's unfortunate. Uh, did I? Gra- I didn't grab a tight end. I probably should have grabbed Njoku there. Sorry, y'all. Just giving y'all the fucking breakdowns. So Tony Pollard, yeah, is in a fantastic spot to uh, to succeed right now. Obviously, if Zeke misses time. Because you might be like, oh, they're just going to do a running back by committee, but that's not the case. He has run on 100% of the snaps, almost like James Conner I was referring to before. He's played on 30 of the 34 snaps with the first team. He's seeing passing down work. He's seeing the short yardage work. We kind of thought Jalen Samuels might see more of the passing down work, but that doesn't seem to be the case. Samuels has looked very good in his own right. Like when they're giving him the ball, he's making guys miss. He's looking like a good runner, but it doesn't look like he's going to get that opportunity to really showcase that. So as far as I'm concerned, James Conner has moved very far up my board very quickly. Um... I believe I moved him over Joe Mixon. I think they'll have a very similar workload, and I'll take the guy in the better offense, behind the better offensive line. Um, him and Dalvin Cook, I think, becomes a very, very good argument. So James Conner has moved up. Rashad Penny is very clearly behind Chris Carson. It's not even close anymore. We saw Chris Carson go in the, I believe, third round, and Penny's now in the ninth, whereas just a month ago, it was like Carson in the sixth and Penny at the end of the sixth. So things move quickly. And again, guys, I've been following all of these trends. So... If you need something quick to digest that you could literally just bring to your fantasy draft this weekend, 
Big Dog Draft Guide is currently on sale. We chopped all the prices. The season long guide is only 20 bucks. It was 30 bucks a couple days ago. Um, it's got all of my rankings, but the big board, it's got uh, sleepers, busts, guys to stay away from, must draft players round by round, injury reports from Dr. Morse on every injured player. Uh, we got tools, market share, consistency, uh, the BDGE Bible, which is updated after every preseason week. The way I'm explaining shit to you right now, I write a big article after every preseason game with the biggest takeaways. It's literally everything you need for your 2019 fantasy football draft. So uh, go cop that now on BigDogsDraftGuide.com. Also, make sure you're, if, if you're gaining some information, this is valuable to y'all. I uh, would very much appreciate just a quick thumbs up down below. Take you two seconds. Let's me know that the time I put into these videos is worth it. And then, uh, and then I can move on with my life. So, we are through nine full rounds. Kyler Murray, uh, he's not someone I'm completely fading, but I, I think at this point I would take Lamar Jackson over Kyler Murray. I just hate what I'm seeing in Arizona. And I can't wait for all you guys to comment about how David Johnson is just going to be a beast and should be top five, and then he's not going to be top five at the end of the year. And then I'm about to say, like, I told you so. Fucking assholes. Justice Hill. Okay, actually, we got a few takeaways here. Peyton Barber, Dante Moncrief, Justice Hill. Peyton Barber has been the starter in every game. However, there is this third round. There is this third string running back. Dare Agunbuwale. I just fucking butchered that probably. Supposedly, he is going to be the third down back to start the season. Ronald Jones is terrible, and I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't have a role sooner rather than later. Peyton Barber's going to be the grinder, the, the first down guy. They already said he's going to be starting week one. This guy is going to have a role, though. 85th percentile college target share. That does not surprise me. It's very possible that as a team who is going to be trailing a lot and throwing a lot, that the third down running back becomes valuable. So I'm not necessarily drafting Dare, but he, this guy, can't pronounce his name, but he's a name that you have to have on your radar. So maybe next time around, I should learn to fucking pronounce his name. How's that sound? Cool. Thanks. Good talk. Um, so, you know, we've, we've stacked the running backs pretty well here for fading the position. Michelle, Coleman, James White, Royce Freeman. Uh, I'm still going to go with Justin Jackson because from what we know right now, Melvin Gordon is probably going to hold out eight games. And I love Eckler. I think Eckler is a fantastic sixth-round pick because so far this preseason, he has taken 66% of the snaps. He has taken 41 snaps with the first team compared to 20 for Justin Jackson. Um, Justin Jackson will absolutely have a role. I think the carry, I think the touch split will probably be 60-40 in favor of Eckler. And Eckler will get a lot of the passing down work. But Jackson's still going to be very much involved in this offense. So in the 10th, 11th round, I'm very okay with Justin Jackson as someone that could be a borderline RB2 for the first eight games of the season. Dante Moncrief has been the clear wide receiver too for Pittsburgh thus far. And I know everyone's getting excited about James Washington, but guys... He has not run with the first team. He is not a starter yet. And uh, something that, you know, this guy, Context Matters, pointed out, I would very highly go uh, recommend go following him, at Dwayne McFarland. He pointed out that James Washington is not starting. And when he gets on the field, he is playing the exact Juju Smith-Schuster role. So his path to getting on the field is behind Juju. That's not good news. The problem is when they put him on the outside, right? Juju is a slot guy, but he also plays well on the outside. He's fine all over the field. When they put James Washington on the outside, he is struggling with press coverage. He cannot beat press coverage. As soon as someone gets a hand on him, he can't beat them. So he needs to be in that Juju slot role 
in order for him to produce and succeed. And he's not going to be in that role ever. He's not going to be on the field. So as far as I'm concerned, it's Dante Moncrief on the outside. When they go three wide receiver sets, it'll be Dante Moncrief. It'll be Deontay Johnson, the rookie. Um, I'm not high on him. I'm, he's not someone I'm looking to draft. Maybe in best ball later on because he'll have splash weeks. But for right now, um, we're going to go with a hell no. And I have absolutely no shares of Kyle Rudolph. Um, one, you need to not draft Jordan Reed because he just suffered his seventh concussion last week. And uh, he needs, honestly, he needs to retire. I mean, I'm only a fucking doctor, so what do I know? But who do we got that we could stack right now? Baker, uh, man, I got no... Actually, I can go Rivers and Keenan Allen. I don't hate that, although I would just much rather have Kirk than Keenan. Do I need a tight end? Yes, probably. Um, I'm actually going to go with Crowder here. I think Crowder is a great value right now for a few reasons. There's a very good chance that Crowder fucking bowls out in the beginning of the season. One, because obviously Chris Herndon is injured. I mean, not injured, but he's suspended for four games. Two, Robbie Anderson suffered a calf strain recently and we know guys yo mid to late august muscle strains are a fucking killer for players this you know what i wasn't very high on robbie anderson he's not a player i was avoiding or targeting per se but this pretty much knocks him off my draft board and i want to see if we have any updated news but a calf strain at this point in the preseason we just saw derrick henry miss a month with the calf strain um this is What's the latest? What's the latest? I'm a boy. Calf injury. All right. Well, there's nothing like concrete yet, I don't think. But I know he missed practice yesterday. And he's probably going to be... He's going to be out 100% until their week one game, which is about one, two, three, four... About a week, uh, a week and a half away. That's not enough time to properly heal. These muscle strains usually need between, you know, two and a half to four weeks, if not longer, to properly heal. If you push it, you're going to end up re-injuring yourself, and that is my uh, concern for Robbie Anderson. If that's the case, that obviously means that Jameson Crowder is going to get more looks, especially with Chris Herndon out for the first four weeks. However, I've been taking a ton of Chris Herndon. I'm a huge fan of the TJ Hawkinson-Chris Herndon stack because you can get both guys very late. Um, I, you know, I'm getting to the point where I like Chris Herndon enough that I'm okay actually drafting him in season long and having him sit. He is suspended for four games. They have a week five bye, so he can't actually play for you until week six of fantasy. But I think the upside and what he's going to return when he finally does come back to the field is going to be incredible. Because one of the takeaways from this preseason has just been how damn good Sam Darnold has looked. Sam Darnold has looked incredible. And I'm actually excited to see how this offense runs, man. Because they have looked good. Sam Darnold's looked good. He looks like he's going to take a big step up. I'm going to draft Lamar Miller here. One of the homies in the draft. Uh, let me actually show you the draft board from the from the Big Dogs Gotta Eat weekend. Uh, the guy picking 12. This was a couple hours before before that Saturday night preseason slate. He goes Marlon Mack, Andrew Luck on the turn. Round 8, he goes with Lamar Miller. So he just lost Luck. He lost Lamar Miller. And then obviously Mack's uh, outlook takes a hit right away. So I feel bad for him. But that shit happens. And with Lamar Miller gone, Duke Johnson should eat. The best part about Duke is like you don't need him to be a 250 carry back because Kiki QT is coming into the year injured. He's probably not going to play in week one. Duke Johnson's going to line up in the slot a lot. Dukey, Dukey baby. I need to get a tight end here. I need a bad. You got a bad. Can we talk about how fucking bad Hard Knocks has been this year? It's been so bad. And the only thing I wanted to happen 
was for Josh Jacobs to be all over the fucking TV because I wanted people to hype him up. Be like, oh my God, did you see him just fucking run around a cone? Let's fucking get him in the second round now. Ah, James Brockman, you mother. <sighs> I got to refrain from cursing. I curse way too much. Bitch. Uh, I want no Delaney Walker. I will take Kyle Rudolph here. Only because the guy Context Matters kind of convinced me about Kyle Rudolph on the podcast yesterday. I honestly don't remember the details, but I remember hearing it and being like, fuck, I should probably diversify a little bit on Kyle Rudolph. I think it was the scheme. They're running Gary Kubiak's scheme. I know Kevin Stefanski is there, but uh, everything they've shown this preseason so far is that it's Gary Kubiak's offense, and that's the, the personnel that they're running with, and that favors tight ends, and that favors Kyle Rudolph. So um, Rudolph's a guy, you know... he. I, I think Irv Smith is really talented. I think Irv Smith will eventually eat into the starting lineup, and I think he'll start like taking away some of Rudolph's production. This is where you need to be strategic with your tight ends. If you're drafting two, you know, think about a guy like uh, Hawkinson or Goddard, right? Hawkinson's a rookie. It might take him a few games to start producing, although I think he's ready to go. We saw that in preseason. He looks very, very good. Um, Hawkinson, you know, might take him a month to start producing in a rookie role or receiving role to see his, his snaps increase. You know what I'm saying? So when you draft a guy like Kyle Rudolph, these older players tend to produce at the beginning of the year and then kind of fade off because their stamina is not there, right? And that's where like a good segue between Kyle Rudolph and a younger player like Goddard, who's also dealing with a calf strain. And I don't know if he's going to be ready for the regular season. So we got tight end one. I might just go back to back, bite the bike, excuse me, and grab uh, TJ Hawkinson here. Let me see if there's any value left on the board. Uh, I love me some Rashard Higgins here, and I do have Baker Mayfield, so I might top that off, to be honest. I should grab a quarter. There's a lot of guys I should grab. Um, But you know what? We're going to fade tight end right now because I think there are more valuable positions on the board. Will Rashard Higgins fall to me? He's pretty far down there. Uh, I'm not going to get to it. I'm going to time out. Hey, snipe. Got him. I bet James Brockman wanted Rashard Higgins, you mother sucker. Uh, Shard Higgins, man, I've been drafting him so much, and I could look like an asshole, but he's looked very good this preseason. He's running all the snaps with the ones with Baker Mayfield, and I have Baker Mayfield on my team, so I really like that stack. He's the he's the number two outside guy, and Baker Mayfield is very accurate outside the numbers, and that's why I like this combination, because Odell is going to take all the coverage off of Rashard Higgins. Jarvis Landry is going to be running up the middle, but Rashard Higgins is the number two outside guy, and I think whoever that is is going to eat in this offense. I liked Antonio Callaway. Then he got suspended for the first four games, which leaves an opening for Rashard Higgins. I think Rashard Higgins is a good season-long pick as well, man. Um, but I like him in best ball box. I really think he's going to have some big weeks. So there goes, damn, there goes all the fucking quarterbacks that I should have taken. Now, who is left? I'll just take Andrew Luck. Fuck it. Um, no, I actually, I think, I, I, I would take Jacoby Brissett over to these guys. I think Jacoby Brissett is now going to be undervalued for the next week or so because people are still trying to figure out, like, who he is. But he is a good deep ball thrower. He is an accurate thrower. But he has the best weapons group and the best offensive line and the best scheme around any of the guys that you're going to see here. Derek Carr, this offense might be horrible. Um, I don't believe their offensive line is very good. I think outside of AB, they don't really have any proven. I like Tyrell, actually, but they don't have any proven weapons outside of just two wide receivers. Nick Foles, I want nothing to do with his Jacksonville offense. Andy Dalton, terrible offensive line. Also, his best weapon, AJ Green, is hurt. Jacoby Brissett, T.Y. Hilton, Devin Funches, Paris Campbell, Marlon Mack, an extremely good offensive line. If you just look at the situations, like none of them are going to be that much better than the other ones. But if you're just looking at situations, you might as well go with Jacoby Brissett here in that like 22 to 27 range. 
Know what I'm saying? Know what I mean? Screw. I like Darren Waller here. Um, he was going to be a guy I grabbed as the as my tight end too. Someone that got some hype from Hard Knocks. Shout out to Darren Waller for really opening up on Hard Knocks too. He's like literally like I was a dopehead while I was playing in the NFL. That's crazy, man. Good for him. I'm glad he battled back because he looks like a beast and I think he's primed to break out. Good pick with Damian Hillard. Uh, we're going to grab Jacoby here as the quarterback too. And depending on the makeup of the team, again, guys, this is best ball. So depending on how you um, draft your team, you have to look at where you want to spend your roster spots because there's 18 spots. Do you want to go with eight wide receivers, five running backs, three quarterbacks, two tight ends? What I'll do is I'll figure out where my weakest positions are and I'll load them up via volume. So right now I know my tight end one was what Kyle Rudolph. So I'm probably going to have to draft three tight ends to hope up to hope to make up that production. Um, wide receivers, I typically end up going seven wide receivers, six running backs, because you only start two running backs, but you start three wide receivers. And these are things to consider when you're drafting in your season-long league as well. I will take high upside wide receivers in the 8th, ninth, 10th, 11th round over handcuff running backs. Like, I'm not looking to take um, Alexander Madison over, I don't know, a Deshaun Jackson or a Curtis Samuel or anything like that. Obviously, their ADPs are a little bit further apart now, but that, that was a big thing in the beginning of the summer. I will always take a, because that, that that's a problem. It's like when you draft an Alexander Madison, you know, he's going to be the first guy that you drop because he's going to get three carries the first game, five carries the next game. And then you're gonna be like, fuck, I need roster room if someone gets hurt or whatever. And he's not producing. So you don't really need him on your roster. So those are the first guys you end up dropping. So I don't tend to roster guys like that. I like the high upside guys who are kind of ambiguous. We don't know what their stat, snap share is going to be early on. And if it breaks right, you know, for a guy like even like fucking... And Isabella, what if within the first three weeks we find out that he is the full-time starter? I'm just using it as an example. I really don't want any part of this uh, Cardinals offense as it stands, this, where their ADPs are. Let me correct that. Like Dave Johnson, top five, Christian Kirk in like the sixth round. I want none of that. Um, let's look at tight ends. Dallas Goddard, again, I don't. I should have looked at the fucking injury update. I'll go with Goddard only because I faded the position and he has like league-winning upside here if uh, something happens to Ertz. Let's see if we got any news from the people that I follow. Make sure you're following me on Twitter. It's Nick underscore BDGE. Again, go sign up on draft.com. This is the best way to prep for your fucking draft right now. These are all people who are taking their draft seriously. You're not going to see fucking kickers go off the board in the seventh round. It's all skill players. Draft.com. Use promo code BDGE when you sign up. That will get you $3 to draft with. I love you. Um, Robbie Anderson's status up in the air. He remains out with the calf. He is sidelined with the calf injury. And while it might not be overly serious, it will be a concern heading into week one. These soft tissue injuries can be slow to heal and are easily made worse if a player tried to return too soon. High risk. That, I don't want to say that it's off the board. I don't want to say Robbie Anderson's off the board because I like the kid a lot. I think he's super talented. But you guys have to drop him significantly. All right? Just take my word for it. OG Jordan Simmons to miss 34 weeks. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Um, let's see if we have any updates on Goddard, too, while we're creeping. I haven't heard a damn thing about him since. To miss the rest of preseason, August 12th. Yeah, okay. So he's just going to be out. Uh, that's shitty. That is shitty. 
Dallas Garter um, is a player we really wanted to see take a step up. Obviously, still behind Ertz, so could be a concern. Okay, we have a little bit of an update from Roto Wire. Goddard, who is dealing with tightness in his calf, expects to be full go by the time regular season rolls around. Yeah, who the fuck isn't doesn't expect to be full go by week one? Robbie Anderson could fucking tear his ACL tomorrow, and I'm sure he's expected to go by week one. So Goddard, a little bit of an injury risk, but now that you're getting him in the 15th round, I'm okay with that, where he was starting to go in like the 10th round. Um, I kind of like taking Noah Fant, too. Noah Fant was like super targeted with the first team this preseason. Like they just, I mean, his hands are horrible, and he keeps dropping passes, but like... If he's going to end up getting six targets a game, he could easily find his way into the top ten tight ends. And those of y'all that are really just tuning into fantasy football now, I've been doing this for almost like five straight months. Noah Fant was one of the best tight end prospects we've ever seen come out. Look at his combine numbers. 99th percentile 40-yard dash, speed score, burst score, agility score, catch radius, breakout age, college dominator. Like literally everything you look for in a high premium tight end prospect, best comparable to George Kittle. Rookie tight ends don't normally produce, so I'm not banking on him to be, like, my starter in a 12-team league. But in best ball or as a backup, you could definitely, definitely, definitely find worse. Ooh, J.J. Arcega-White side is still on the board. Um, wow, Nikhil Harry is really falling off, huh? Uh, I would normally take Nikhil Harry here because I still love this guy as a talent. First-round pick for the Patriots. But I'm also in love with Jaws. And I think that there are a lot of ways for Jaws to get on the field. One... If Goddard does miss time or if something happens to that calf, they'll probably end up running a lot less two tight end sets. Does that mean the fourth wide receiver will be on the on the field often? I don't know. But Jaws has looked really good so far this preseason. And like I said before, Deshaun Jackson, broken thumb, that is a path to getting on the field. He could be the wide receiver three there. Nelson Aguilar disappoints or starts playing inconsistently like we've seen so many times. Does Jaws jump in and play that role? Alshon Jeffrey, also been banged up. And at this point, is he even more talented than a rookie Jaws? I really don't know. We haven't seen Alshon Jeffrey touch the 850 receiving mark in five fucking years, guys. Alshon, you know, I talked about this in yesterday's video. Put out a do not draft, or two days ago, do not draft players video. Alshon Jeffrey in the seventh round was on there because he hasn't produced in so long. We're still holding on to that season from so damn long ago. So now is when we'll look at the last couple players. Um, I'll stick with my quarterbacks because I have Baker and Jacoby. I think both of them are pretty safe. I'd probably like to have gone a little bit stronger, but we got sniped on Deshaun and Aaron Rodgers, two picks before both of my picks. Um, so we're looking at running backs, and I probably need to go with the tight end here. So, oh, did Noah Fan get picked? Damn, someone sniped me there too, huh? Who do I like down here? I want nothing to do with this Dolphins offense. Jason Witten's going to be a 30 snap, 30% snap guy. So is Ricky Seals Jones. Ooh, this is ugly. This is ugly, boys. I fucking waited too long for this. Um, shit, I guess I have to go with Mike Kosicki here, right? He's going to be the only guy that's actually on the fucking field. That got ugly quick. So, point being, maybe don't wait until the 13th round to grab your tight end in best ball drafts, boys. Lesson learned. Bridges burned. Kuseki sucks. Um, all right, so we're almost about to be on my last pick. Let's talk about some of these late-round running backs. Nope, Jarrett McKinnon. I'd be surprised if he played more than six games this year. Jamal Williams is an interesting case because the case against Jamal Williams was that they drafted this rookie, Dexter Williams, who is arguably a better fit and a better player than Jamal Williams. But now we're hearing all the reports about how Dexter Williams is the running back four on the depth chart. And Matt LaFleur is not pleased with Dexter Williams. 
which means Jamal Williams is still going to play that big guy role, right? And Aaron Jones has dealt with a plethora of injuries. If Aaron Jones goes down, we saw the type of role that Jamal Williams took over towards the end of the year last year. And it's not inconceivable to see that happen again, man. Um, like down the stretch last year when he took over, he had 17 opportunities in this game, 12 carries, 5 targets. Then he had 24 opportunities the next game, 21 touches. He went for 151 yards. So he kind of balled out in those games when Aaron Jones was gone. And that could be the case just because Dexter Williams fell so far behind in the depth chart. And then we have the guy, Darry um, who I talked about earlier. Gus Edwards, there's a decent chance he gets cut. Darrell Williams, uh, he's at the RB3 in that backfield at best if he makes the team. Ooh, okay, so I was actually going to go with Darry there, but we'll let him slide. JJ, he's not even on a fucking team. Burkhead, I don't even know if he has a role. Frank Gore could possibly get cut, but he, he actually could have a role too because him and LaShawn McCoy look to be sharing starter snaps. Brian Hill has fell behind. I might actually grab Ty Johnson here. Now, Ty Johnson's an interesting rookie. Some of you guys might not know about him. Um, Zach Zenner got released, so that was good news. We'll see what happens with C.J. Anderson, but Ty Johnstein is this kid from Maryland who is uh, a speed demon. Guy ran a 4.45 at 210 pounds. Puts him in the 86th percentile for weight-adjusted speed score. He's a guy that didn't produce heavily at Maryland, but he's explosive. He has good size. And if you're worried about Karyon Johnson, I think Ty Johnson very well could take over this uh, role behind C.J. Anderson and work his way into like an 8-10 to 10 touch role by the end of the season. So Ty Johnson becomes really interesting down here. I think Mike Boone is superior, superiorly... Is that a fucking word? Did I just make that up? Superiorly talented compared to Alexander Madison. I think he should be the RB2. He's looked so good this preseason. He's busting off 60 fucking yard plays every time I turn around and watch a damn game. Unfortunately, we have to, we have to, we can only go by the usage and what the coaching staff is telling us. So right now, Mike Boone still sits as a running back three. I uh, really like that pick with Jerron Brown with DK Metcalf hurt and David Moore also hurt. Jerron Brown's going to be the de facto wide receiver two there. Um, let's go with a sixth running back. I wonder who you guys would tell me to go with. I should probably go with the fourth tight end, to be honest with you. I like Brian Hill, but Edo Smith has clearly taken away that um, that RB2 role behind Freeman. I'll go with Jamal Williams, though, for all the reasons that I just named, pretty much. Because he finally returned to practice from the hamstring injury about a week ago. About a week ago, a week and a half ago. So he's had significant time to heal. They let him heal for about a month. And in that time, Dexter hurt his role. So Jamal should be the RB2 again, I think. Um, so let's look at the team that I put together. So again, this is the last mock draft that y'all will see out of me from draft. I hope you guys have enjoyed these, but there's still, you know, a week left for you guys to prepare for your drafts on draft.com. Again, use promo code BDGE. When you sign up, you will get $3 to draft with on top of whatever you deposit. And that will give, you could do fast drafts where there's 30 seconds in between pick, rattle them off in 30 minutes and you'll be good. You'll be done. You'll understand where to target players. I can't recommend this platform enough. I would download the app because it is super, super smooth and much easier to download, um, to draft with. So draft.com, make sure you hit the thumbs up button. If you enjoyed the video, if you found some informational value from it, drop a comment down below, subscribe to the channel. If you're new, uh, we have figured out our in-season content schedule. I am going to be doing my waiver wire piece will not be a video. It will be an exclusive blog post on Patreon. So you can sign up on Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash B-D-G-E. Um, waiver wire will be exclusive to Tuesday. Noah and I will be doing a trade targets video every Wednesday. 
Every Thursday will be Dr. Morse coming on to talk about injuries. Every Friday will be Fade the Public, recapping our high-stakes, big-money E-Town get-down league, um, which we are drafting on Monday. The vlog for the NYC draft will also come out on Monday. We'll be filming the E-Town get-down draft on Monday. That will probably drop on Thursday or Friday for FTP. Saturday will be an exclusive Patreon-only live stream where you can ask me any of your sit-starts or your pickup questions or whatever. So I would highly recommend if you want my exclusive content throughout the season, like if you've grabbed the Big Dog Draft Guide and you like the exclusive content that I give out to y'all, I would suggest heading over to patreon.com because you'll get the waiver wire exclusive blog post as well as a private live stream as well as my in-season weekly rankings every week. You'll get all of that on patreon.com. The final team. Baker Mayfield and Jacoby Brissett. Pretty weak at, at uh, quarterback, but I like the skill positions I have. At running back, we have Sonny Michelle, Tevin Coleman, James White, Royce Freeman, Justin Jackson, and Jamal Williams. At wide receiver, we have D-Hop, Mike Evans, Keenan Allen. Oh, I love that. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Jameson Crowder, Richard, Richard Higgins, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. That's just too strong. I honestly should have taken a running back or another tight end here because my wide receivers are already strong as fuck. Tight ends, Kyle Rudolph. Dallas Goddard, Mike Kosicki. Gonna need some help there. But that's the final roster. I hope that y'all enjoyed. Again, if you did, hit that thumbs up button. Go sign up on draft.com. That's all I got for you. Until next offseason, the drafts will continue. Goodbye. Actually, let me find where the fuck I close this out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.